Hey everyone, Maya here, host of Proud Stutter Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I have something I wanted to share. Production of Proud Stutter's audio documentary is well underway. While we are so grateful for the grant from California Humanities, I need your help. Part of the grant requirement is matching their $35,000 grant. Can you help support the audio documentary by making a $5 donation today? Head to proudstutter.com slash donate to make a donation. It's also in our show notes. You can just click on the link. Again, that's proudstutter.com slash donate. Thank you so much for your support. Okay, now let's talk about today's interview. Mia Hitterman is our guest. She's a designer based in Chicago. Our co-host is Lila Carrillo, one of my dearest friends. I'm Maya Chupkov, and I'm a woman who stutters. Welcome to Proud Stutter, a show about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. Welcome back to Proud Stutter. I am so excited to be here with two incredible women. Our guest today is Mia Hitterman. Mia is a Chicago-based model and designer. Last year, she was a 2022 Miss Chinese Chicago contestant. Welcome, Mia. Thank you. <laughs> Our co-host is Lila Carrillo, a dear friend of mine who works for a local supervisor here in San Francisco. Welcome, Lila. Thank you. Yeah, I am super honored to be here. So my two guests here have quite the unique backstory. So after a work event one night, I think this was like months ago, Lilo texted me saying she saw this amazing woman at this pageant contest share her story about stuttering and she thought of me and connected us right away. And that's what happens to be Mia here. I, I know you guys haven't met yet, so this is just so wonderful. Um, but Mia, I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit about the event here in San Francisco. So last Sunday, I actually joined Miss Chinese Chicago. Um, and so I was one of the past contestants. Once I was finished, um, my pageant mom, Victoria, she just, she thought that my friend, um, Len, who is Miss Chinese Chicago, the queen, um, she wanted the two of us to represent Chicago from Chinatown, USA. And so that's really where I started being more confident because I knew I would have to present myself not only with Chicago, but also in San Francisco. That's where I became more confident in my stutter and actually telling my whole story of me stuttering. And Leah, you were in the audience of this event in Chinatown, probably not expecting to hear about stuttering um, at a work event. So I'm wondering, can you tell us... Um, how it was to be in the audience of that event. No, it was uh, an amazing event. So I was there definitely for, for work. I was staffing uh, the supervisor. I actually ended up sitting at the table with her friends and the contingent from Chicago, which was awesome. I didn't know. Uh, 
and I didn't really put it together until uh, Mia was introduced on stage and uh, there was a little bit of a video about her and her bio and you know what she does and who she is um, and she was very proud about her stutter and she spoke about it in her video and they um, you know had kind of had this shout out and it immediately I think for me connected that thought of uh, knowing Mia uh, Maya the work that you're doing in this podcast of course and our conversations around what you have told me about your journey with stuttering. So anyway, I, you know, it was inevitable for me to make the connection with how uh, the work that, that both me and Maya are doing around um, representing, right, uh, your, your journey, your story, and making it known for uh, those of us who may not be as aware or as familiar. And then as everybody was cheering with their, for their contestants, I realized, oh, I'm sitting at her table, at her contingent table. Uh, and so I connected with the gal that was there. I said, oh my gosh, you know, I want to get a hold of her. So, and I told her all about, you know, Proud Stutter and this project of yours. And I said, I would love to connect both of them. And that's how it started. And now we're here. <laughs> um Mia, can you talk to us a little bit about your backstory? What was it like growing up? I was born in Hubei, China, which is near Wuhan. My parents adopted me when I was like two. And then I was brought here to Chicago. And so I think that's one thing that shifted how I communicated because I was with Chinese who spoke like Mandarin or Cantonese. And so when I think I met my parents as a baby because they spoke a different language, I think that like was a traumatic experience because I'm meeting people who don't look like me plus don't speak the same language so I know that sometimes with trauma that can like explain more about like why I might have a stutter here going up in Chicago it was always difficult for me to introduce myself ever since I was small and I would always go to speech therapy at my school um but it was never really serious until I would say middle school when you actually have to do group presentation and that was just the most terrifying thing and so I was never really comfortable with my settle again in high school I was so shy but then when I entered college that's really when I thought to myself like okay like this version of me I want myself to be the different Mia that people did not see in high school just more like showing people more of my personality what made you want to join the, the the pageant world I joined Miss Chinese Chicago because I wanted to just be more involved with my community and my culture and that's what I really wanted of a sense growing up it's just I don't think I had the courage and that's when I decided that it's not about the stutter, it's more about the community connection that I truly wanted. Um, and so that was how I made the decision to go into pageantry and be comfortable with speaking in front of like 
200 people in Chicago, and then in San Francisco, from West Chinatown, USA, 500. I am so happy for you that you got to that place of really coming to terms of what you really wanted, which is community, and really putting yourself out there to to go after that as a community. And it seems like it's all paid off, and I think the story you just told us is just such a great example of how stepping out into the light and being more open about who we we are whether it's um about our stutter or different parts of our identity it's it's such a powerful thing and as someone as young as you i just think you're incredible and i think a lot of people are gonna take a lot of way of what you just said i'm not sure how i did it truthfully honestly and even going to san francisco was a huge step in itself because this is like my second time really going to san francisco and going without family and my friend and leaving school for a week and two days was like really hard because in my mind i kept on thinking to myself like how am i gonna do this like for the second time the first time was like the hardest but then I was like how am I going to do this because I, I just didn't know what to expect because this is a like actual pageant yeah I felt like I was in a movie set <laughs> it was amazing I was like I felt like I was part of a movie scene <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect so all the ladies up there were brave and one of the things that I, I will say as a spectator as Mia was sharing uh, that I thought it was beautiful that her story was included this part of her identity. I thought it was, um, I actually thought it was very beautiful and, and revealing, I think, to, to some degree about, you know, Mia, your leadership and, and how you want to present yourself, that you brought it forward and that's what you spoke to. Um, and I don't know, Maya, if I shared also, or that Mia has shared that she was, I think you were voted also. Uh, Miss Community Service, right? Yeah. And what's that award about? I think they based it off of the video that I submitted, which you can find it on YouTube. Just type in my name and the video will pop up. Um, and then I submitted a, a page about myself. And I think I put more about like my community service that I did with like Miss Chinese Chicago. And that's really where this all started. For that pageant, it's really based on community service in Chicago. And so I very, I was either thinking about doing fashion as my platform, but then I thought to myself that it has to be about my stutter. One, because I can't hide that on stage, no possible way. And I also don't want to hide it. I think a lot of stutterers, this is like maybe one of their biggest insecurities for me. It's a big insecurity. And so this was like an opportunity for me to finally feel like I can breathe again. That sounds like really dramatic, but, but it's true. Like once I said it that night in Chicago, like I felt so free. Like it was the most best feeling ever. I cried so much giving my speech but I'm really happy that I did that for like myself and also you know so make sure that people know that like speaking 
like no, no one speaks perfectly and it's okay to embrace your insecurities. I think that's the most amazing thing about Miss Tiny Chicago is all of us had this deep connection because we shared each of our own insecurities and that's really where the bond grows and where you can truly support each other. And I think that's really the beautiful thing about pageantry. It's just it's not shown a lot in pageantry. Like that's not what people see. Yeah, because before I kind of was um, looking into your story, when I thought of pageants, I thought of like Miss Congeniality and like, and you know, like those stereotypical experiences. But seeing this other side of, of pageantry through your story, it can be such a great way to build your confidence, find community build a platform to share and inspire so so thank you for opening up my mind about pageantry yeah I think going to San Francisco was such an eye-opening experience for me because since like I was the only adoptee on that stage so I really used that experience to learn more about um my culture and I got that I got exactly that um that whole week it really shocked me because we had press conferences and then people interviewing us all the time on top of like the girls and I would be doing school on top of like rehearsals we we would be up from seven and then we wouldn't go to bed until like well so that so that was every single day and then on the day of the pageant I remember waking up at six in the morning to do school because I knew I wouldn't get back to the hotel until like one. And I was thinking to myself, like how I don't know what my stutter is going to be like. And it honestly, beginning was a little shaky, but once I did the pageant, like everything was fine. It was fine. Um, and my speech wasn't really any trouble until I came back to Chicago. That's when it started to happen. Yeah, you know, the, the more you just step into who you are, the more freeing it is and the more authentic you feel because I feel like there's so many things in society that are preventing us from really stepping into ourselves just because of all the stereotypes. When I was given the title, um, Congasmus Community Service, I was kind of wrong a little because I didn't think like I would be given a title I was just like I just have to do this and then everything will be fine so when I got the title I was so proud because like I had overcome so much and not only that like advocating for like you know inclusive um like group that really just know how to like listen to people's stories and have compassion that like it's okay to take time when you're talking and um honestly like I think it's a important conversation because oftentimes in schools it would be like okay here's what we're gonna do to make sure that the classroom is a safe space for everyone and I remember when I was in Throughout my K through twelve education, I was never I never truly felt safe because of my stutter to speak. 
So I feel like this also helped me advocate for just like teachers and schools just to be more mindful of that. And so it was really nice to have support from like my school and like my pageant sister and basically just being able to tell people in the audience was nice too because like there were so many people there from like different like backgrounds like business like community so yeah and I think that's something that resonates Mia is I mean you said nobody's perfect when they speak uh yet I think that we have we don't really think about it we just have this unreasonable high expectation of others and each other that somehow we are supposed to be perfect speakers whatever that means I don't even know if I think about that I'm like I don't even know what that looks like necessarily uh and I'm sure that if we think about like, oh, who's a perfect speaker for you? Everybody will come up with something different. You know, what, you're, what you share about that fear of or insecurity about whether it be being judged or how you come across. I mean, it's something that um, I've experienced with through a very different, you know, lens. And that's just because English is my second language. Uh, so coming to this country, I came when I was 15. And so my English was limited at best. It's amazing how terrifying it is to want to express yourself and to somehow in your in, in your mind and your gut, you, you fear that you won't be able to do that without being judged, um, whether it be because you know, I myself had an accent or I wasn't sure if I was using the right word. Often at times I would use the wrong word and it would mean something different and then everybody would bust out laughing. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. I remember... Lila, that used to happen to me too with my stutter. Like people would poke fun at my stutter thinking it was funny and they can make the group laugh. Um, So that's unfortunate. But to switch gears, Mia, I was scrolling through your Instagram and I love how you use your stuttering story as a way to teach people how to actively listen. Can you tell us a little bit about that? When my grandfather he had a he 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 had a stroke and I remember that the stroke caused him to stutter and so that was very shocking to me because like he has his speech has always been fluent and for him not being able to talk fluently was very discouraging for him and so it was easy for me to teach him because of speech therapy. You know, you do the, you practice saying a word and then you put it into sentences. And like, it's really mostly about the breathing. So I think because of that experience, it allowed me to understand more how to like teach people how to learn how to speak again. Um, and so I think for me, I always knew that someone how they speak is very important to them and it shows a lot I think about the person but also that um that speaking is hard like like speaking is really hard and it's really just about making sure that the other person feels comfortable and that you are really like listening so I think really just from my past experiences in therapy 
And with like my grandfather, I think that why it's so easy for me to teach people. Yeah. And going back to this topic of active listening, something that I've noticed about myself when in conversations, either at work or even with friends, is when I feel myself that I've been, that I have a more consistent stutter than normal. Sometimes it's hard for me to be an active listener because I'm so focused on how I'm going to respond, what words I'm going to say so that I don't stutter. And then I kind of miss part of the conversation and I'm not fully present. And I find this especially hard on Zoom because there's just so much distractions and you can turn off your camera and all that stuff. So that's just something that I, I guess I will continue to work on. I think that's the same for me, that sometimes maybe when I'm talking, I, I'm i very harsh on myself, and like, like I'll be like, oh, like, like, did I say that? Like, okay, like, I could have done it better, like, just thinking about your own stutter wire from when it's talking, because, like, you shouldn't be thinking about, like, oh, like, what if my stutter is bad? But I feel like that's kind of what, like, we grew up with not no one's fault but like that's how you know stuttering is I feel like in school it's like and I think that's why it's so important to talk about like what can teachers do to support students with stutters and have a conversation about that because like you know speaking is like everyone has to speak but there is a way to do it where everyone feels comfortable and that's also, like, when I went to San Francisco, when, when, like, I was going to the hotel, I was thinking about, like, the promise that I had made to myself that no matter if I stuttered on stage and even if I am going, like, past the time that... I am given that I'm not going to leave the stage until, like, until I basically finish what I want to say. And that concludes part one of our interview with Mia and Leela. Our part two episode will air in two weeks, and we speak to Mia about her multiple identities and how she uses fashion to express herself and much more. Stay tuned in two weeks for that rest of the conversation. And that's it for this episode of Proud Stutter. This episode of Proud Stutter was produced and edited by me, Maya Chupkov. Our music was composed by Augusto Denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. If you have an idea or want to be part of a future episode, visit us at www.proudstutter.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Want to leave us a voicemail? Check out our show notes for the, the number to call in. More importantly, tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you.